and codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Captains, you're listening to episode 348 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, and your weekly report on all things Star Trek. Recorded live on Tuesday, January 2nd, 2018, and available for download or streaming on Friday, January 5th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Tony. And I'm Elijah. And in our audio booth, it's, uh, uh, it's nobody. It's just, just, just you and me, compadre. Like old times. Like it is. Like just old, just old times. You, oh, it's true. Old. Like old, 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 old times. times. We're taking, taking it, back. it back. All right, Elijah, what's coming up this week? Well, this week we truck out how Black Mirror's first episode of the new season might end up spinning off to be its own show. Seth MacFarlane with wee babyface in his homemade Star Trek fan film. And we celebrate 50 years of the original series episode, Trouble with Tribbles. In Star Trek Online news, we review what players can accomplish during the first part of the new year. And in other gaming news... Star Trek Bridge Crew drops the VR requirement. When we visit the promenade, Jake and Cookie review some hidden gems from the Star Trek and Roddenberry shops. Then, as always, we open hailing frequencies to see what's incoming. Captains, you know we love to hear from you between episodes, so please reach out to us. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast. We're on Twitter at Priority One Pod. You can even send us an email via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Captains, we ended last year thanking you for your ongoing support of this podcast. Now, as we look into 2018, we're turning to you again to continue that support. Now, there are a number of ways that you can do that. First, there's Patreon, which you can visit at patreon.com forward slash priority one. There, you can offer a financial contribution by subscribing monthly to receive extra perks like our unedited episodes available early to our patrons. Now, we understand that a financial contribution may not be feasible for some of you but there are other ways that you can support us. For starters, we could use another member of the audio team to help produce this show from week to week. So if you're interested, send us an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Now, another way you can support the show is by sharing it with your Trekkie and geeky friends. Let them know that they can get their weekly roundup of Star Trek news right here on Priority One Podcast. Now let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's trek it out. Last week, Netflix premiered the fourth season of Black Mirror, an anthology series that offers unique dystopian morality plays about our current culture, hitting topics like politics, race and gender tensions, and social media dependencies, to name a few. This season's opener was titled USS Callister. Long story short, in the not-too-distant future, a socially awkward and insecure software developer creates a virtual reality representation of his favorite science fiction show called Space Fleet. He populates the world with sentient digital copies of his real-life counterparts. Now, that's about all we'll say without spoiling the episode for you, so we encourage you to check it out on Netflix. In an interview with Jackie Strauss of The Hollywood Reporter, director Toby Haynes hints that this episode is, quote, probably one of the best pilots for a space show ever, end quote. 
and that producer Luis Sutton expressed interest in spinning it off into its own series. I have questions. This has been, this is a thing that's been. I didn't. I haven't watched the episode, so I'm, I'm coming. I'm kind of coming into this blind. So just to, so to bear with me. I might ask for some spoilers later, so we might need to put a spoiler alert here in a second. So many times, people like the, uh, in Star Trek itself. Roddenberry tried to include a spin-off in one of the episodes, the Gary Seven episode. Uh, he had sort of like put in there as a sleeper idea, and then tried to sell the show to the network. It didn't work, but it didn't stop him from trying. So that's a thing that's sort of tried before. In Stargate, uh, one of the funny episodes in Stargate was they had a wormhole extreme uh, show that was sort of embedded in there because some guy was randomly attached to a mission at some point, and he went to Hollywood. Vancouver, haha, and and made it happen. So it's not un, unknown in either in both fiction and in real life. But what about this episode makes this concept so awesome? I mean, why would this one work? I wish I could answer that question because the story in and of itself isn't so much about this quote unquote space fleet, right? Like the Orville is part of their own version of the Federation. This episode isn't so much a parody of Star Trek as it is a commentary. And this is where it kind of bothers me. Because, like I mentioned, he creates this virtual world and populates it with sentient versions of his real-life co-workers. People who he may or may not get along with or someone who he might be romantically interested in. It's kind of freaky and eerie. So it's so, like that Barclay episode of Star Trek. Yes, it's very much like that Barclay episode of Star Trek. And the guy is very much an evil Barclay on steroids. But what could be the spinoff? Is the spinoff about the virtual world, right? Is this another Caprica? Because it, 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 had, it had hints of Caprica that I, as I was watching it, would think back on. So I'm, I'm a little confused as to what the spinoff might be. Now, my big gripe here with this particular story and as we mentioned as I, I kind of alluded to when you asked me the question was that i couldn't help but think well here we go again painting trekkies and geeks in a negative light it just seems really easy to make the socially awkward super nerd create a virtual world where he's an overconfident tyrant right like i said it's like barkley only on evil steroids so is it the show this particular episode again Black Mirror harkens back to things like um, The Outer Limits and Twilight Zone, and everything is very dystopian and a dystopian view of, of, of current cultural themes. And the overriding feature of those episodes, they're all one-offs. Right, <laughs> right. They're you all one-offs once. it's an anthology. Right, right, yeah, right. You do it once and you leave it alone, which is why this goes back to my original question. What makes this so special? I think that the idea of this space fleet, now that we're surrounded by things like the Orville and, and, and obviously Star Trek Discovery, perhaps the spin, I don't know what they're thinking about spinning off. Again, is the spin off going to be about this virtual world and, and the journeys in this virtual world, or is it going to be another Star Trek copy sort of thing? So I'm not sure. I'm not sure. What is worthy of, of, making a spin-off maybe like another caprica right like if we had another caprica where it's this space fleet imagine star trek online except the story is being told as your avatar inside star trek online i don't know oh, you mean weird. ready player one 
Yeah, Ready huh. Player One or something like I mean, that, right? It's like all these things are sort of being done, kind of, like, in, in different ways. So I'm just, what's this bringing to it? I don't know. Why did he have to have, I don't know. It just, it didn't settle well with me. Be that as it may, there were some kick-ass performances uh, in this in this episode. I mean, some of these actors were just phenomenal, including the captain which is himself. The, yeah, and, which is the strength of an anthology show. Right. And uh, an amazing performance by Kristen uh, Miliot, uh, or Miliote, I'm not pr exactly sure how to pronounce her name. But, I mean, just phenomenal, phenomenal performances, which was, which was really good. I would say worth watching, but try not to be insulted as a Trekkie. Because <laughs> I kind of I felt like I was being insulted. Well, I appreciate the warning, and, and now I know what to do. Okay. And that brings us to this week's community question. What did you think of Black Mirror's USS Callister episode? Would you be interested in seeing some type of spin-off? In case you ever had a doubt that Seth MacFarlane was a passionate Star Trek fan, well, feast your eyes and ears on his late 80s era fan film. That's right, a teenaged Seth MacFarlane recorded a homemade fan film set in the TOS era where he and his friends portray the crew of the Enterprise caught somewhere outside space-time. This was cute. I like this. I love this. You know what it is? Is that I loved it. I kind of wish Seth MacFarlane would actually be hired to do some Star Trek, like legit Star Trek, because I think that he has great respect for the franchise, right? And and the storytelling what they're in. He's not. I don't think he. Orville is not a parody to make fun of Star Trek. No, it's his love letter. It's his love letter to Star Trek. Exactly. Exactly. It so is. We haven't done our after hours bit yet where we talk about the Orville and I, and we're going to I, we have to we have to do this because that show is is absolutely absolutely a love letter to Star Trek and this showing this little thing this might to anybody else this might be embarrassing but but for I think for McFarlane and Star Trek fans if you watch this and the extent to which they prepared and uh, set and uh, and directed and shot this cheesy little three minute short. You will understand that he gets Star Trek that and that he loves it. The stupid cheesy ears, the model. I had that model, the model they used for the shooting Enterprise. I had that, and that stupid nacelle always fell down just the way his model did. I know that model. It, it always the, the nacelle was never strong enough. It wasn't strong enough to bear the weight, so it, it was, uh, yeah. So this, uh, th this to me, if anybody has any question about McFarland's love of Star Trek, this will put it all to bed for you. Speaking of love for the franchise, in celebration of the 50th anniversary of the original series episode "The Trouble with Tribbles," Vanity Fair's Thomas Vincinguera chatted with writer David Gerald about this iconic episode. The interview reviews Gerald's inspiration for the plot, which stemmed from an idea that not all threats might be scary beasts or aliens. Now here's a Trek nugget of information to dip into your Trek sauce, Captains. The working title for the episode was The Fuzzies. <laughs> but it was later changed to Tribbles in order to avoid a legal conflict with H. Beam Piper's science fiction novel titled Little Fuzzy. The article is very insightful and goes into a lot of the creative processes behind the episode, so we encourage you to check it out. For instance, Robert Justman, who didn't really like the episode, scheduled it to air during the holiday season between Christmas and New Year's Eve 1967. 
However, Dorothy Fontana thinks that it might have actually helped the episode, acting as a sort of lighthearted Christmas episode, while people are home and on vacation. I think it probably boosted the entire series, not just that episode. Because one thing the article pointed out was that it made the network do a repeat, which was back then not something that happened very often because every you know the the, the schedule was tight, right? You had so many episodes, you had so many series on order, you had so many things to get out. There was a production schedule. They probably bumped something else to repeat the trouble with triples. So that was that's huge. That that was a huge thing. And for the second thing, that's one of the episodes. That's a go-to episode for Trekkies when you're trying to show people about the series, what it's about. You know, no, it's not all campy space drama and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes they do things like this, and that humor uh, and that ability to take uh, you know an everyday errand like you know schlepping wheat around and turn it into an adventure and a mystery. For our for the characters, that I think is is a very Trek thing, and to do it well with a little wink and a nod on the side, you know, I think that's very Trek too. So, one of the best episodes ever, obviously. Well, captains, that's the roundup of Star Trek news this week. Now let's go over to gaming news, where we review Star Trek Online and other Star Trek games. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Well, Captains, welcome to Star Trek Online and other Star Trek gaming news. In Star Trek Online, things are quiet this time of year as much of the team was given a much-needed respite during the holidays. However, folks like Ambassador Kell still made sure players stayed up to speed with the latest happenings via blog posts on the official site. On the PC, between Thursday, January 4th, and Monday, January 8th, there's a 20% sale on service items in the C-Store. Things like character slots, captain rename tokens, ship slots, inventory slots, the list goes on and on. During the same time period, between the 4th and the 8th, you can also enjoy a boost to research and development. During this weekend, R&D packs will give out an extra 25% of the items. Uh, additionally, if you want to progress through your R&D schools faster, head to a Harvest node located in mission maps throughout the game. Those will grant you two extra R&D materials, 10 dilithium ore, and an R&D catalyst. Lastly, you'll also see an extra 50% XP in that school. And finally, during the break, a new fleet holding project was released for the Draenor colony. The seventh project, called Colony Beautification, will add statues throughout the colony commemorating the joint Lucari-Kentari venture. Now over to console news, it's a Marks weekend between January 4th and Monday, January 8th. You'll get a 50% bonus to all content that rewards Marks. So if you need to build up that reputation or fleet, now's the time to fire up your Xbox One or PlayStation 4. Also, the fourth project for the Draenor colony has been released. This project opens the Draenor system to appropriate space traffic. And another gaming news, Star Trek Timelines is about to celebrate its second anniversary, and according to a post on their Facebook page, the team has a lot planned starting Tuesday, January 9th. Additionally, Mediachi Q will be the MC along with four other guests during the January 11th anniversary event. In other Star Trek games, Star Trek Breach Crew VR has now dropped the virtual reality requirement. That's right. You no longer need a virtual reality rig like an HTC Vive, Oculus Rift, nor the PlayStation VR. So, if you've been itching to play with your friends, now's the time. Now, over the holiday break, the game was on sale for 50% off, and unfortunately it's now jumped back up to its regular price. But, 
A few members of the Priority One cast and crew have already purchased the game and have even gone on missions together. Captains, it's an absolute riot. If you followed us on social media during our live broadcast recording on Thursday night, we turned on the game. There was four of us, two with headsets, two without. Uh, and it does not take away from that enjoyment of the game. It really doesn't take away from the RP at all. We had a, a blast, right, Tony? Oh, yeah. It, it's, it, uh, it, it is entertainment value for children of all ages, let me tell you. It, uh, we, uh, we did it on Guard Frequency the, night, the, uh, the week before. And uh, did it again for Priority One. It's, it's, it is a fun sort of party game. It's you know, it's not, it's not one of those you know, devote hours and hours and hours to it. You don't need to. You need about three missions to sort of figure out where all the buttons are, and then, uh, and then it's just fun. Let's just goof around with your friends. Mm-hmm. So we, mm-hmm. it was a great time. We'll be, we'll be firing it up again soon. Now we've joined the bandwagon and have our own Discord server. Uh, something that Winters had set up for the Armada quite some time, but we're opening the doors to anyone who might want to join in Star Trek gaming, whether it's Timelines, Pocket Starships when they release their their Star Trek expansion, uh, or Bridge Crew VR. We have it on a social media post, and we'll include the link to our Discord server in the show notes for this week. Well, that's it for this week's very short Star Trek online and gaming news. Now let's check out what's on the promenade with Cookie and Jake. Welcome back. I'm Cookie Cupcakes. And I'm Jake Cobb. And this is The Promenade. Get on the prices Right show. Um, buy a rumba. Hey, SCC. What's doing? Oh, hey, Jake. Just writing out my New Year's resolutions. Oh, yeah? What you got? I'm still trying to decide on everything. How about you? What's your resolution? Oh, I don't need New Year's resolutions, Cookenstein. I've got this thing called life all figured out. Oh, really? You can't think of one resolution? Uh, really? Why? You think I need a resolution? Well... Okay, smarty pants. Without thinking, blurt out what could possibly need resoluting. You could resolve to be better at scheduling. Oh, come on. Or maybe exercise more. Remember how you hurt your back last year? I mean, sure, but... Ooh! Or you could take a sewing class. That cosplay tape mess. Cookie! Or you could yell less. (sighs) Let's get to it. So you know back when we were making fun of the Star Trek disco t-shirts? Of course. Well, when I was looking around, I noticed that StarTrek.com has a wide variety of Star Trek Pride Delta t-shirts. These vibrant t-shirts feature the classic rainbow pride colors, except in the shape of the Star Trek Delta symbol, with either black, white, or gray background. There are 13 different styles, ranging from the original series, Next Generation, Voyager, and Discovery. I'm guessing these were originally launched for the celebration of Pride Month, which is in June, and I'm not sure why it took me so long to discover them, but I think they're good all year round. Especially starting off the new year. It's a good time to come out, be your true self, and to live your life to the fullest. Happy New Year! Oh, and these t-shirts retail for 25 bucks, and there are a lot more options for a men's fit than there are for a women's fit. FYI. Well, the obvious question that we ask every week, what's your favorite? I think, like, the only one that has the women's fit, which is what I like to buy, because I like the way it looks, Mm -hmm. is the Discovery one. 
which is not my favorite series. No? So I probably won't be getting one until they come out with like a TNG one because that's my favorite. That's what I figured, yeah. All the other ones wouldn't look, they just wouldn't fit me very well. I like the TOS one, obviously, and I like the gray. Yeah, the gray. The gray is pretty. Yeah, the gray is nice. I think I would do black if I had the choice. Good choice, too. Because I like the way the colors look against the black. Good choice. You also found something else that we're going to talk about next. Ooh. It isn't often that I get super psyched about prop replicas, but every once in a while there's a prop that I can use, and it catapults to the top of my wish list. My esteemed colleague, Miss Cakes, pointed out one such set of goodies. The Sorian Brandy glass set from shop.roddenberry.com. Wait, Jake, you esteem me? Oh, you're esteemed. Oh, my. <laughs> I feel so honored. Well. Wait, I'm a colleague? Uh... <laughs> the two-piece set consists of the short, blue, angular brandy glasses found in the original series episodes Court Martial, Journey to Babel, The Conscience of the King, The Corbomite Maneuver, and The Enemy Within. From the website, copied directly from an original prop, each piece is constructed of rich blue crystal glass and measures 3.75 inches tall and about 2.5 inches in diameter. Manufactured to an exacting standard of accuracy, these sought-after props are a welcomed addition to the Roddenberry Legacy series. Custom box and certificate of authenticity included. Hand wash only. Two things to stress. They are hand wash only, obviously, and they are small. As a comparison, a typical 12-ounce soda can is 4.83 inches high and 2.6 inches in diameter at the widest point of the body. They're screen-accurate props, and perfect as they are, but we don't want anyone to be surprised when they open the box. As stated, they can be purchased from shop.roddenberry.com. The price is $149 US, which is pretty expensive, but it's also on par with other screen-accurate replicas. Links will be in the show notes, so cheers. I need these in my life. I want to sit down with my wife lift this beautiful little glass and grumble about how she put me on a salad diet. <laughs> These are so tiny. They're like basically a shot. It's like a shot glass with like a little fancy look. Mm-hmm. And they, but they look odd. Did you see like there's some pictures actually yeah, on I'm the website. Yeah, I'm looking at the pictures. It's from the original series. Oh, yes. It's got Dr. McCoy. How cool does he look? And Captain Kirk. He looks so cool. Yeah, he looks super, they look super cool. Yeah, yeah these are very cool. Drinking out of these. They're cute. They're really expensive though. Mm, they are very Are you expensive. really going to buy them? No, probably not. Okay. I'm cheap. Yeah. It's like, I, I'm going to have to have an intervention. First, it's the beanbag chair. <laughs> <laughs> then it's this. <laughs> so there you have it. Never ask someone for a resolution. Links to the items discussed can be found in the show notes, so please be sure to check them out. Have any comments about the segment or anything discussed herein? We'd love to hear them. So let us know what you think on Twitter, Facebook, or in the comments section. And remember, you keep an eye on the stars. We'll keep an eye on the market. Until next time. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. And a big thanks to Cookie and Jake for this week's reviews in the promenade. Now we're at the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Episode 347's community question was, what do you think makes good science fiction? From Patreon, patron David S. writes in, the definition of, quote, good, unquote, science fiction is always going to be subjective. The closest I can come to an objective definition of good science fiction is any story which focuses on a character or characters in a setting which extrapolates known scientific principles to reasonable limits. 
Scientific principles taken loosely or extrapolated to unreasonable limits can still be good, but would then fall under science fantasy instead of science fiction. Agreed. And David S. is a very smart man. I've met him. Okay, I believe you. And and what I think what he is, that is traditionally the definition of what people call, call hard science fiction. Like, The Expanse definitely fits under a category like this. A lot of stuff that Arthur C. Clarke did fits under this category. And so what you get the argument is that Star Trek is not considered hard science fiction, mostly because we break the light barrier and stuff a lot. But also, the creative plot devices really sort of outrun our ability to scientifically explain anything that's going on behind them. What I find amusing is that 40, 50 years after we invent deflector shields in science fiction and warp drive, people now have theoretical bases for these devices now. Our imaginations catch up to our imaginations, which I find it uh, very, which I find amusing. So it's like hard science fiction or soft science fiction becomes hard science fiction as soon as we figure out what to do or why those science fiction guys made this stuff up in the first place. From Patreon, Chris Keen says, I don't know what makes good science fiction, but I do know what makes bad science fiction. When you remake an 80s sci-fi show like Battlestar Galactica and remove a big chunk of sci-fi element from it, you swap metal robots for human-looking robots, lasers for bullets, and talking about relationships rather than survival. God, that remake pissed me off. What? I'm going to have to buy... I'm yeah, going to have to completely to... disagree with you, Chris Keen. Chris, you're going to come to Vegas again in a couple years. We're going to buy you a beer, and we're going to hash this out. Absolutely. We're going we're gonna, to no. have to talk this out. No we're going to talk this out, man. That remake was some amazing science fiction. And I cannot, I cannot even get through the first episode of the original Battlestar Galactica, the 1970s, 60s Battlestar. I cannot. I can't. I fall asleep every time. I've tried it like four times, and I, I get a really good nap out of it. Let me, yeah, let me let me address that because there's a little bit of a generation gap here with that one because I do remember the original Battlestar Galactica at as like a Sunday morning or Saturday morning sort of show that you saw every once in a while. It wasn't on every week or anything, but every once in a while it got a, re, a, a network rerun uh, on the off days. So I think Chris is remembering that, and he really remembered that from his youth, and is a big thing. My father-in-law is the same way. He can't stand the remake because the original really defined Battlestar Galactica for him. So there are there are a lot of people that that uh, that that remember that first one and kind of see the remake as sort of treading on that a lot. So I get it, I get it. I just completely disagree, and that's why we have to have a beer and hash it out. Agreed. Via Twitter, Blake Young writes in: Good sci-fi makes you think about real issues. Case in point, I'll never forget Rod Sterling's words: There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices. To be found in the minds of men. At the end of a classic Twilight Zone episode. Picard's closing argument in Measure of a Man, also another great example of this. It's true. From Facebook, Theophilus Philokitis says, Good script plus fantasy plus scientific data equals chapla. And Chris Trone writes in on Facebook, My favorite sci-fi combines the turmoil of the real world with a futuristic place and contains just enough made-up reality to sell it. Stargate, Dune, Battlestar Galactica, 2004. Give me a story to explore the human condition in a setting exotic enough to make me question my assumptions of what I know about religion, politics, and society. Starships, phasers, and tractor beams don't make good sci-fi. They exist in good sci-fi. 
Well said, Chris. Well said. Well, that wraps up episode 348 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. For more great podcasts like Mission Log and Women at Warp, visit podcast.roddenberry.com. But we can't forget to send a special thanks to our Patreon supporters, Navy Boats Lou, David S., and Admiral. And we also want to give a quick shout-out to Sacha for becoming a $10 patron. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Sacha. It's so good. I mean, Sacha's been a friend of the show for years now. I want to say since the show first launched. That's years. Back with Brendan and Mark. And so uh, I've had the great opportunity of meeting him at Vegas. So have you. I think I met Bruno, yeah. Okay. And again at the New York events because he's, he's a local friend. So thank you. Thank you so very much for your support. Now, before we go, here's a reminder of our community question this week. What did you think of Black Mirror's USS Callister episode? Would you be interested in seeing some type of spin-off of the show? Captains, you know we love hearing from you. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or tweet us via at PriorityOnePod. And don't miss a thing from the world of Star Trek. Catch our episodes every Friday by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.PriorityOnePodcast.com. You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Tuesday nights at around 11 p.m. Eastern. Just keep an eye on our social media channels for those details. And if that wasn't enough, you can join us in Star Trek Online in the Priority One Armada. If you're interested, just head over to PriorityOneArmada.com and sign up today. And don't forget that every Saturday night, the Armada takes to our Twitch channel, where we review the latest Star Trek Online and Armada news, as well as highlighting some of the amazing members in the Armada. Each week, we team up with you, the viewers, and earn things like reputation marks and dilithium. With regular giveaways, there is something for all STO players, new and old. Follow us on twitch.tv forward slash priority one. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by our patrons through patreon.com. Because without their monthly contributions, the lights wouldn't stay on here on Priority One. To find out how you can add your support, visit patreon.com forward slash priority one. Now, Captains, even if you can't make a financial contribution, we ask that you help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies to listen. It's your support that keeps us going. And don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at guardfrequency.com. Now with a brand new format, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And our latest endeavor, Heroes Rise, brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to heroesrisepodcast.com to discover their secrets. Thanks to our audio team, led by Michael McDonald, with assistance from Brandon Parker and Jake Morgan, along with support from Midnight Shadow 7 of Hollow Sweet Media. Speaking of Jake, a big thanks to him for spearheading all of our social media endeavors, especially those Title It Tuesdays and Awesome Survey Sundays. Thanks to our graphic artist and web designer, Henry Pomper. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Thanks to Patreon, associate producer for his ongoing support of Priority One, Navy Boats Lou. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, and our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage.
Transfer complete. Well, Captains, that wraps up the... That wraps up the roundup? That rounds up the wrap-up. Well, Captains, that's the roundup for this week in Star Trek news. Now, let's head over to gaming, where we'll review... Now, let's head over to gaming, where we review Star Trek Online and other Star Trek gaming news. Ah, shoot. I made no Which sense you there. are ad-libbing this entire I am, time. I am, I am, I am. Well, Captains, that racks that racks up. What's up it with It racks me? up the wrap up the roundup. Let's round the rack the record. It's like put it in a burrito covering, like, put some sauce like the on it. First time I've ever done something like this. Jesus. To celebrate its second anniversary. And according what? Oh, I'm sorry, I was just Oh, about. okay, okay, all right. <laughs> stop stop hydrating. You know, they, it's just it's it's just a fad. It's not really that good for you. This is Cookie Promenade Sync 1. My cat just got a freaking toy out. Can you come here? Come here, baby girl. It's one of those scrunchy ones. Hold on one second. Come here. Let me have that. Can I have that? Thank you. Nope, I'm not playing with it right now. See? It was, it was, oh, this, yeah. is, this is it's staring at me like it wants. It's going to jump up here. Okay. Munch. Would you shut up? <laughs> okay, was there anything else I wanted to say? Shut <laughs> 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 <laughs>